to know fancy speaking to you again i was going to say meeting you again but clearly we haven't met thanks to no, we haven't corona- met for a while now coronavirus gosh again and uh, yeah thanks a lot uh, my great panelists and uh, thanks a lot for another great episode which we are ready of the gpp of the gone up products podcast woo Yay! <laughs> yes, here with me are the great, the mighty, the powerful Charlene Bella. Oh gosh. We're going to have to change with all these things that you say because you big me up too much. Look at that. Even if you knew that, you imagine, even the, way, even the way you carry yourself in London, it's literally, you're doing the team humble. We know. We know that, we know that you know. <laughs> hmm, so we know so people i do know you might one day discover and we also have one of the tycoons one of the titans one of the captain of the industry when it comes to all things business when it when it comes to making money l'argent, like the french will say or like the Ghanaian will say jessica we are here P.K. Butcher, Parquesi Butcher. I think, Charlene, I think we have to get him to practice these introductions because they're always... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, you, right? you, guys this, you guys are doing this thing humble, but we know, we know. <laughs> and then last but not the least, it is I, Derek Os. Actually, I don't know, should I, should I use my full government name? No. My no, royal government. Right. I know, my royal government names don't, don't need that. But yeah, we have, <laughs> have like 20 names. <laughs> Only seven for now. So, uh, you know, bad. yeah, you know, when you're just old school gentry, that's what happens. <laughs> 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 uh, proud, if you're half of your team, so very proud of it. And uh, yes, we have Derek and uh, We are here for another episode of the Ghana Products Podcast. And I believe. Today's episode is a special one because, of course, it's something that is going to, I believe, is going to take the news for quite a while in terms of the news agenda, especially when it comes to West Africa, if not Africa. And it is the case of the Nigerian, the Nigerian, I want to say correctly, because when I have, when I've started reading it, so many people have said Nigerian embassy, Nigerian mission, one of the buildings within the Nigerian mission. So, correctly, it is one of the buildings of the Nigerian mission in Ghana, in Ghana, has been demolished. And again, I say allegedly because like any good investigator or like any good PR person, before jumping to conclusion, we need to be presented with all the facts. And this happened very recently 
I mean, it literally happened Friday. Friday, so mm. <laughs> it's super recent. So I think that a few things are still happening. But then, yes, it's been demolished. So few. There's been few sources and few allegations. Some people say there's been a Ghanaian man that went over with his goons to go and create this havoc. Somebody else said that is the Ghana government that has sent its people. So. Let's discuss because, of course, we all know that in the year of, in 2020, where mm. we have experiencing an awakening of black unity, black power, so to speak, this happens and you think, oh my goodness, are they throwing spanner in the back? So, which we, which we don't want. So, I just wanted to know from you, uh, lady and gent, in terms of what your thoughts are. Because this could escalate, God willing, no, but it could escalate into a diplomatic world, which we want to, and we all know. So I'd like to know what your thoughts are in terms of what might have happened, or mm. even if not what might have happened with the fact that we've been presented with, what do you think could be a solution? And even in terms of keeping peace between these two great countries, what should be done? Because really and truly, these two countries are the major players when it comes to West African regional um, economic integration or or even if you want to call it cooperation so what should be done what could be done and what's the yeah what's the um, the way forward and any further implication so charlene i would like to start with you oh i was dreading that you would start with me <laughs> um <laughs> We need, we, need a, we need an unbiased view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a completely you're unbiased view. You're, Actually, you're probably the best person. You're completely unbiased. This is... Um, yeah, and you know what's interesting is, like, reading it, I, I've... My, my Nigerian friend calls me her Ghanaian friend, right? <laughs> and I get annoyed with that, right? For obvious reasons. Um, and then you get these little pockets of behaviour... Oh gosh. And that's when I feel like I don't want to be anybody's Ghanaian friend. Um <laughs> I, I I identify with the Nigerians in Ghana um with regards to how they're being treated. And I, I say this and I've taken it that like I've taken it straight to there and taken it away from the incident and straight to the the patterns and the trends of behaviour because I think we are sleepwalking ourselves into a problem. And I used that term yesterday as well on the last podcast. Um, But um, honestly, I I get it. Ghanaians don't trust Nigerians. Um, Nigerians haven't done much for Ghanaians to trust. Um, But we're sitting here in 2020 beyond the return we have, um, and I say, I say we like Ghana. Ghana has um, put out a blanket call for every African. Like, this is the thing, right? We shouldn't be having an open guest list and then having heavy bouncers, yeah. right? You put out an open call for every person of African descent to find a home in your country, right? But that agenda is like a project of 20 people in government 
and there are 27 million other Ghanaians who who don't know it or don't subscribe to it right and so I think Ghana is starting to like we keep saying the Ghanaian paradox but Ghana is really starting to look like a massive contradiction in and of itself um because you can't be saying we want all black people to feel at home in our country mm-hmm. and then actually be breaking international law over things that are as trivia as this you know uh, we, we we think we own this land yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> so my thing, my thing is, my thing is this with regards to the actual situation. So I understand that the the Osu, um, the Osu chief believes that the land is actually theirs. That Nigeria had some parcel of land, but not the parcel of land that they've chosen to build this particular building on. And on, on further to that, they're also not uh, being speedy to renew the lease on the land that they do occupy. Right. Um, Osu have decided that we hear background conversations have been had, we don't really know the substance of that Um, and Osu has decided that they are going to land guard, as they do to everybody um, the the, the Nigerian High Commission Um, honestly unless the chief of Osu thinks he's going to be travelling on a passport under his own authority he cannot take these kind of things into his own hands. Like, it just can't happen. So long as the man thinks he flies on a Ghanaian passport, he should submit himself to the laws that Ghana has to submit itself to. And so for me, the best way to have dealt with that was to have had the Osu chief speak to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the president and get them to speak to their counterparts and the Nigerian High Commission about whatever dispute is going on. Naturally until that thing is resolved I would expect that the Nigerian um, High Commission would not continue to allow building work to be done um, until such a time as this thing has been settled and it should be settled in-house and no one would ever know it happened, right? Yeah, That's how things should have should have happened. But what we're seeing is continuously um Nigerian shop owners are having their shops closed in Kumasi and Accra and up and down really? the country. Yeah, they've had they've like in Kumasi they had their shops padlocked by people who've decided that they're a task force, not an Wait, official task the, force. Just a question because this is for some of us who are as educated and then have that long term experience with Ghana, long standing experience. So. <laughs> Or even just they're neophyte rather than educated. Apologies. Uh, I was just going to say. So when you say padlock and all, is this a long time? It's still wrong. But is this a long time ago? Was has this just happened? Or is it just recent? As in definitely within an, in the past twelve months. Definitely within the past oh, twelve months. Like my sense good. of timing in the past three months is completely messed up by this lockdown. But definitely, I know within the past twelve months, they have had their shops padlocked by private individuals who have claimed authority, given themselves a title, um, to the extent that the police are pleading with these people to maybe go and unpadlock the shops. Like, that kind of behaviour is lawlessness. Like, it, 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 there's nothing 
there's no consistent consistency to that behavior there's no understandable grounds for that type of behavior um and it always seems that Ghanaians have vim to do that with Nigerians they have less mm -hmm. vim to do that with Chinese um they have zero vim to do that with the Lebanese and um it just it laughs in the face of us claiming to be the gateway to Africa claiming to be the home of pan-Africanism claiming to be the pioneer of the year or years or decade of return um when we cannot get along with the closest anglophone african nation to us like it, the whole thing just doesn't even make sense um so i think it, this, this podcast i think you're going to recognize already that um i'm frustrated as a nigerian um and i'm also also frustrated as a Ghanaian, just because it's come to this point now, mm -hmm. because we've allowed our chiefs to disrespect our citizens on a daily basis. How when do it you comes to that? when it comes to land administration? Okay, right? They make up laws as they like, oh, um, and they act with impunity. They send heavies to meet people. They have guns that we don't know are licensed or not licensed. Um, Wait, and what? all of this behaviour that's been kind of practised on the local population is now being um, perfected on our guests, which is mad. Can you tell that I'm pissed? <laughs> I can really tell because <laughs> what I am... Uh, fair enough. First of all, I am shocked at some of the things you've said. Uh, firstly, with the situation of how some of our Nigerian brothers slash cousins or sisters and all have been treated, especially when it comes to business since at the end of the day, uh, somebody that I know, a wise one that I know told me that a city needs to have different ethnicity, it needs to have different type of people to ensure mm -hmm. to thrive and to have that kind of business input and business uh, joie de vivre or esprit. Um, yeah, English. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Je de vivre." <laughs> I say what I say. That's the English for it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the English version. And so this really shocks me. But another thing that really shocks me, and I think that <clears throat> mine might be. That's why sometimes it's true. Gone is a big. Gone is a big paradox or an oxymoron. So to so to even go there would be. I mean, understand, chiefs are there because we are portrayed and we continue to, we don't want to lose culture. So they are important. They have a role to play in society, in our society. However, what I don't understand is why then they can actually make rules as it goes, because if they're there, that's fine, fantastic. However, mm -hmm. there should also be an independent committee or an independent regulator that will be able to say, you know what, chiefs, you'd say this and that, However, mm -hmm. we can also, uh, we have a superseding authority that is able to uh, judge, is able to deliberate and looking at, I don't know, conflict, uh, conflict resolution, uh, management between two parties. Because I always said that I would be fuming and incandescent if I were to get a land and then all of a sudden, and then pay everything together, all together. And then somebody else tells me, oh, by the way, the chief has changed idea. So he decided to give it to somebody else. I would be 
fuming and furious. Mm. So I totally agree with you. But I would also like to hear from uh, yeah from uh, PK, aka Parkwesi Butcher. I think to say PK is very reductive. I mean, you don't talk, you don't call the Queen Lizzie, do you? So no. oh, yeah. I don't know, I do. <laughs> yeah, we call She's Lizzie before. in we my house. Call- Auntie <laughs> Lizzie, <laughs> like the but then yes, yeah, so I'd like to also hear from Parkwesi uh, about not just his thoughts, but even a more analytical and objective observation of uh, of this. Um, we was always going to get to this topic <laughs> from, <laughs> from Nigeria. Jump. At some point, we would have had to address. Um, later, the big elephant in the room, which is mm-hmm. Ghana Nigerian relations and what that means for the wider African community and black community mm-hmm. um, globally. Mm-hmm. Um, lots been said. I think I'll just probably speak to the the issue at hand first. Um, mm-hmm. So when I heard this, I thought, "Jeez, uh, it started. It started. It's 2020, so anything can happen." To be honest with you. And obviously, exactly. when you're hearing that essentially <laughs> the Nigerian embassy has been uh, bulldozed in Ghana, and again, that's that's the first rep- reportage that we received is mm. the Nigerian embassy, and obviously, it's, it's being reported now that it's turned not turned out not to be the case. But at this stage, we we still don't really know the details. Mm. <laughs> there are various possible reasons, as in to why this has happened what's actually happened and we probably won't get the full details for a long time but there's some options that i'd i'd want to put down um and submit based off what i've read and what i think all right so firstly regardless of whether you know whatever the reasons are i guess we all condemn the this current situation and what has actually occurred it's a despicable act and shouldn't happen anywhere. Um, least of all to our very own um, brothers. So um, what we're hearing is possible that, okay, there was a lease issue, that the lease mm. on the land was up, right? That's one option, one situation. There's also the possibility that, is it a big man somewhere wanted to buy this land given that the lease was up and the chiefs wanted to get rid of them as soon as possible. So let's try and cause mm. some commotion. It's possible. This this type of thing happens all the time. Uh, the chiefs cite that, okay, they've been trying to speak to the Nigerian High Commission for a long time in regards to the encroachment on their piece of land um, to no avail. So did they take this as a, as a disrespect and decided to show them where power lies, essentially? Mm. again mm. that is possible <laughs> um it was also stated that possibly a nigerian businessman was using the high commission as a guide to take that land and uh either build apartments or an entertainment center or whatever it is but he was using the relationship of the high commission to mm. take that land which obviously well it's not even obvious but what is said to be under the the stool, the gas stool. Mm-hmm. And then one that could be a little bit to the left could be politics, <laughs> internal politics. We've got an election coming on. Is it possible mm. that the opposition 
you know, decided to do something a bit crazy. It's possible. Is it, is it Nigerian politics? It's all of these type of things I would never discount because we're in Africa and not just that, we're in the world. Anything could be the case as into why, yeah. as into why this occurred. Doesn't make it correct. It doesn't make it right at all. Um, if we go by what the, what the statements say, the official statements from the from the guard chiefs, which is essentially mm-hmm. the land in itself um, isn't land that is owned by the High Commission of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. The land in which the building was being constructed, as it wasn't fully constructed, it was being constructed, um, mm. oh, is owned by the guard chiefs. And they had told them on numerous occasions stop what you're doing all right firstly mm-hmm. <clears throat> the chiefs in themselves should never be talking directly to any diplomatic corps should never happen ever yeah whatever their issues are again it goes straight to the presidency or the relevant ministries mm-hmm. to do the liaising it should never it should never have come to this essentially mm-hmm. The chiefs have taken it upon themselves to incite, I wouldn't even say war, but if you if you want to take it there from an international um, relations perspective, it is that because you've infringed mm-hmm. on a sovereign state. Um, yeah. Now, the Nigerians have stated that they complained, they launched a complaint to the Ghanaian government before mm. this happened and nothing was done again we don't know whether that's true or not true it's possible um mm. i don't know i'm struggling i'm struggling to really speak at the minute because it's really annoying and just like charlene said <laughs> you're just kind of pissed because this can go so many ways um yeah. and i'm going to speak on why i think it can happen because there's there's a lot of history and a lot of history that people don't really know about. Um, but again, just just going back to the topic, mm-hmm. it should never have gotten to this point where a civilian in Ghana would have mm-hmm. a land issue and take it upon themselves to resolve that, regardless of whether it's a diplomatic mission. It should never. Yeah. A chief is a is a, is a um, civilian. No, that's a chief is a civilian. Exactly. No, not even, forget forget the fact that it's even with an embassy. Yeah. Um, going back to what Shani said, chiefs have somehow managed to put themselves in a position where they believe that they're above the law, um, which they are not. And so they enact these acts against other civilians with these land guard issues, and they've decided to do it this time as well. Um, mm-hmm. Ghana government are at fault for this also. Because you have a mission in your country. It's your job to protect them. Alongside for Nigeria to protect their own own citizens and also their piece of land. But it's also the government of Ghana to be a good host to protect those who are visiting, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... However this however this has started, right, I can't I can't discount the fact that this is the government of Ghana's fault. Yeah. 
because it should never have happened. Mm. Simple as that. Even if it got to the point where it has where armed men or whatever it was approached the Nigerian, um, it wasn't the High Commission, but essentially a mission where the staff stay, apparently. But wherever, a diplomatic building. They should never have been able to get near it enough to even do anything. So again, that goes goes off into another wider issue, um, which is Ghanaian policing, which we've touched on um, before. And also, it's, it's almost like everything we've no, ever said, right? It's, it's, it's just it come together in this it, 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 it beautiful show. mix. It will, it will, and I'm 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 happy to go through it because, like I said, this is now the live example of what happens yep. when you're not a serious country, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got now this security issue where they were able to, um, I don't want to use the word attack because some some reports have used the word attack and I think that mm. that doesn't help the cause and I don't see it as an attack in that respect. Um, but they should, they should have been, they should have been protected just like everyone else. And I'd, I'd like to also say that this probably, no, this never would have happened. If this was the Dutch embassy, the yep. American embassy, no the way. British embassy, the Canadian embassy, the Canadian embassy. The I, dare I say, who, who else? Probably even the South African embassy that wouldn't have happened to. Um, yeah. And again, it goes into something else that Shani said in regards to the treatment of brothers and sisters in, in, in Ghana from specific nations. Um <sighs> Right, so okay, no, it's gone. The thing is, the layers, the it's, layers is just it's, 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 it's a lot. It's okay. There's, there's so there's actually so much to this that that's what that's why I started with the submission of yeah, I knew we'd get to this at some point in time. This discussion because it ha- it has to happen. I don't think we're actually prepared to have that full on discussion yet. But <laughs> no. we'll just touch the surface. Um, no, before so, you carry on, I was I was going to ask both of you this thing because I'd like us not just so it's important to look at the past, but let's also look at the potential future. So, no, what no, no, are we'll, some of we'll the get, scenario that you we'll get to it? We'll get to it because before you before you get to possible scenarios, we have to really understand the relationship between the two nations mm-hmm. and yeah. the history. So, mm-hmm. Ghana and Nigeria said to be brothers, sisters, family the strongest family you can have in Africa, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's true, but it's also extremely false at the same time. Um, (laughs) We are, our relationship is a paradox. It's, it's, it's a very strange one. Um, And it, it starts from colonialism, essentially, where the British, (laughs) our old friends again, Mm. when they um, colonised Ghana and Nigeria well they weren't called Ghana and Nigeria at the time but Gold Coast um, which was that was what Ghana was called called. Mm. they used some Nigerians um, in the south I believe it was the Ibos Mm -hmm. to work with the, the Fantis to capture um, other tribes within Ghana, right? Mm. Not only did they do that, they also 
use some of the houses in Nigeria to fight against the Ashanti kingdom um, in the Gold Coast at the time. Because I believe at mm-hmm. the time the British had lost twice. So mm-hmm. so basically the British there had be- divided and conquered, essentially. In yes. Then, <clears throat> in recent history, because it's not, it is quite recent, 1970s is still, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not that far, it's not that long ago. Um, you had the Buzia Aliens Compliance Order, um, for un- undocumented. He was, do we call him a president? Let's call him a president. He was, he was, he, he was a president. Well, he, he, let's call him a president. Yeah. Well, he was, he was the prime minister yeah. under Kofi's dad. Yeah. yeah, he was prime oh, minister. Really? Yeah. But then he stayed on for how long? Three days, four days a week. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> the, I'm not sure. <laughs> the name was ten. But he had um, a compliance order for undocumented foreigners. Um, yeah. That was the official reason given. However, it was due to the fact that um, there was a large number of foreigners, and you will say Nigerians in that because they were the higher, they were the larger group of people there that were yeah. taking over a lot of the local businesses um, in the market. And so essentially just like every government does whether it's an african government a western government will blame the foreigners essentially and we've all mm-hmm. we're all suffering that in europe huh. now life coming you very fast right now sagano the first to do that and they evicted ejected however you want to put it um a load of doc- undocumented foreigners um and a large mm. large population of that was were nigerians Nigerians um, retaliated in kind 13 years later with the infamous Ghana mm-hmm. Moscow, mm-hmm. where again they were going through their own issues essentially. And at the time, I believe there were over 1 million Ghanaians in Nigeria at the time doing various jobs. So it's basically a tit for tat, right? Yeah. They kicked us out, they kicked out the Ghanaians. And there are a lot of stories um, of people dying and having to flee, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure it happened yeah. on the Nigerian side when they had to leave. This is due to the fact yeah. that, let's, let's, let's get this straight, it's due to the fact that both countries were poorly managed and are still are, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is why there was such an influx from both sides. This issue has never been spoken about properly um diplomatically mm. ghana and nigeria have they have good relations like truth is they have really good relations essentially don't really collaborate as much as they should if it's more of a tolerance rather than affecting each other because there's a big difference with tolerating somebody else and accepting I, them I was, yeah i was gonna say and surely you may differ or agree i'm not sure i don't see it as a mm. There isn't a general feeling, essentially. You have a lot of Ghanaians and Nigerians that really like each other. Don't mind each other yeah. at all. We we are brothers and sisters, essentially. And then you mm-hmm. have Ghanaians and Nigerians that have never healed from mm-hmm. what occurred um, in, the, mm-hmm. in that time. Um, and then you also have on both sides, which is probably the vast majority of extremely ignorant individuals, who neither understand nor really know what occurred between the nations, mm. but yeah. have ill feeling towards each other, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
I I would say again, it's not a tolerance in that, that respect. I think there is, from a diplomatic perspective, there's respect for both sides. Um, when the Biafran war was going on, um, it was Ghana that hosted both sides at Pedrasi mm-hmm. Lodge to exactly. for them to sign the Abri Accord and to strike some form of peace. Essentially, mm-hmm. Ghana and Nigeria have always had good relationships, and that will that will continue to to be the case however you know the history is still there and it hasn't been resolved there hasn't been a conversation on what that meant for a lot of people Mm. which is why when like it doesn't take much for an argument to occur amongst the citizenry when it comes to Ghana and Nigeria you can even see that now people throw it off as banter and jokes but there's an underlining issue there that just still isn't resolved okay and if it doesn't get resolved it'll just continue continue yeah we hide behind um jollof wars and all of that jazz and who has who has more um who has an hour more more light in during the day etc <laughs> but yeah. but there's 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 a sibling rivalry that can easily turn into a boxing match right? yeah. um and i mean on the history I've kind of said a little bit on your part. Let me throw it over to, to Charlene as she's the balancing act because she's it's, it's right in the middle. <laughs> I'm so. the accident. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me sit, throw it over to you for a minute. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you basically gave the history, you know, perfectly. And, and I think the thing that's so hard between Ghana and Nigeria is that in all of these expulsions of each other from our relative countries, it was at it was at the worst times, right? So, the alien aliens compliance order came in in what sixty nine. Nigeria was literally sitting in the middle of a civil war, sixty seven to seventy, mm-hmm. right? So, Nigerians would have been going. We know when you've got Alata, Englishy, and stuff like that in in Accra, right? Nigeria has a uh, Nigerians of what is now known as Nigeria. Um, has a long history of mixing with what is now known as Ghana. Um, But we're looking at people running away from a civil war to the next viable place for them to be and being told to return to devastation, um, like without choice and without time, without preparation. And then when Ghanaians had been going to Nigeria, that was in the 80s following, you know, Ghana's two successive coups where God knows what was going on with curfews and all the rest of it. Once again, a, a state of turmoil, whether Ghanaians want to admit that or not, um, Ghana was in a state of turmoil in the late 70s and early um, 80s. And they were doing good things in Nigeria. Like, I, I think we have to be balanced here. They were teachers. Ghana's schools were, you know, revered across the continent. As we know, Mugabe came to Ghana for education right and so we exported teachers which I, I don't think today anyone would ever believe Ghanaians would export <laughs> teachers but you know we exported teachers to Nigeria as well as other helpful occupations right in a time that Ghana needed those things in a time that Ghana was going through a bad time and they those people just needed to be somewhere safe and obviously Nigeria decided that well we remember what you guys did in our worst times um, we are going to expel you. That one was probably most definitely the most pettiest thing 
Um, like I think we have to be honest to Nigerians. They had space. And <laughs> they, like <laughs> they had space. They were just they were just remembering and not healing, right? Um, and I think, like you said, there are there's loads of people who people who love each other, people who genuinely have first-hand experiences that they haven't healed from people who are ignorant and just keep perpetuating this um this rivalry because they don't have anything else really to talk about like most of the people who perpetuate it cannot tell you when this started right or why it started or anything like that they just it's just oh but it's nigeria so that's what we do we also have to recognize as well as Ghanaians that we are a country that has a hegemonic power beside it. Nigeria is that hegemonic power. And so the the response to Nigeria will be that of any country who is beside a hegemonic power, right? So if we were beside, if we were very close to China, there is a certain way that people or countries nearby China behave when it comes to Chinese activity. Like I, I do want to be kind of very balanced when i started this 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 particular episode i was i went like i was very nigerian about it but mm. um <laughs> <laughs> but nigeria is the hegemonic power they have they have population numbers they have uh resources numbers they've got finance and capital they have strong banking systems that ghana does not have right now let's be honest and all these things do pose a threat to ghana um, as a social entity, as a um, legal territory, in and I understand all of that. That that's literally all these things come into play with regards to how people will perceive the next country beside them. Why? Because they are bigger. If they choose to intimidate us, they will win. Like, unfortunately, it sucks, but that is the truth. You could get every single Ghanaian to train as a soldier, and they would not be able to defeat Lagos. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, I think across this, I think that is where there was that concern in the Busia government, especially um, that there was a lot, because the thing is Nigeria expelled like a million Ghanaians, but when Busia expelled Nigerians or every foreigner, but Nigerians in particular, 3 million Nigerians went back to, to Nigeria. That's, that's massive. Right. And so I think there was that kind of fear of the hegemon beside them um, that hasn't gone and it's continuously been in our psyche as a country that we're never going to be as good as Nigeria. So all we can ever do is just try and be away from them. Um, and that's, that's dangerous. I mean, you know, we've, we've spoken about the differences in the music industry versus, um, versus our own music industry, the, the movie industry versus our movie industry. The danger is when you're continuously comparing yourself to that particular country that has more resources, that can do more with less. Um, you kind of, you don't focus on yourself and build yourself up and then you become paranoid of what they are doing or what they could do. So it becomes a cycle. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You know what? I do get what you mean and uh, I see. But then my question is, I love that you talked about hegemony. I mean, I love you as a big Greek fan. However, my my thing is, I am looking, I always say that I always use, maybe I shouldn't, I use 
Western country with failure. Uh, I use mm. Versailles as my as my benchmark of uh, when it comes to diplomatic relations and all. So mm. you talked about you talked about that, but beside the numbers, which of course Nigeria has plenty. Don't you think that I mean I think that Ghana could really Ghana could really stand as an hegemony because economically speaking, it's uh, it might not be as prominent. However, it can still be powerful, and I think that Ghana's got another thing that that really makes it going for her, for her, which is powerful friends. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, that so, makes that makes sense. But but, but Ghana could probably... Ghana could do that, but then they're not thinking about what Ghana can do. Ghana is continuously always. I mean, if you like if we actually sat there and analysed how our ministers speak about ourselves <laughs> in the world, in the continent, we don't think about our actual assets. We don't think about our actual strengths. Yeah. We talk about things that cannot be quantified and um, and don't really matter anymore, right? So when you ask someone, oh, why should you invest in Ghana? Oh, Ghana is a peaceful country. Um, and also we're the first to gain independence. That's got nothing to do with anything, right? We don't talk about the fact that, um, like, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't kind of actually analyze. We haven't done this because we're not retrospective. We don't, we don't look into ourselves either. We're not introspective. Um, We don't know exactly the things that would make us a better option than Nigeria. Right. So whenever you speak to someone, they always go, oh, well, you know, Ghana is a small country. <laughs> well, Ghana is Ghana is by landmass about the same size as the UK. Right. Oh, Ghana is a small country, but it's actually bigger than a lot of first world countries. It's six or seven times the size of Singapore per population. Right. Um, it, it's only half the size, roughly, of South Korea. So. You know, the thing is that we don't actually look at the stats in terms of what could make us a, a, a stronger nation. It's, it's funny, actually, that you're even speaking about kind of being a hedge money. They've reduced the price of the passports, which is an amazing thing. Obviously, I'm going to go and sign up tomorrow. <laughs> um, but we're still only going to get visa free entry or along those lines, visa free or visa arrival in like 60 countries just 60 countries just 60 out of 192 right where you've got sweden on and singapore on something like 191 like given that they are one country on themselves that basically means they can go everywhere right so we have not acted to make those strong friendships as ghana our soft power was rising definitely in 2017 like i mean everyone loves ghanaians let's not lie but um, there was an act. There was a. It seemed like there was a active. Pers- um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were pursuing actively a soft power agenda, especially in the beginning of this term of this government. Um, that has seemed to have slowed down as they get distracted by internal do- um, politics, right? Um, but we haven't done enough in those past three years to move Ghana into a stronger position diplomatically mm. and this is where it's problematic the situation that has occurred because it literally is about dip- diplomacy right you you have to make the diplomatic community feel safe 
so that you can continue to push for things like visa on arrival, strengthen your passport, strengthen the abilities of your people, then convince the the investors that they should invest in Ghana because they can get talent in Ghana that can fly elsewhere. And, you know, do you understand? Like the cycle of all these things that come into play, you only get to have strong relationships with strong countries when you show that you can behave like a strong nation yourself. I would also like to hear from, uh, and I agree, you know, but I would also like to hear from Niger in the sense of, yeah, I mean, uh, I know that I've heard in a few times talking about uh, what Ghana could do more in terms of getting that prominence when it comes even to the region or when it comes to West Africa and be having those network of influence. So, yes, please, Nigel, take it, please. Parkless, you take it away. Hey, they're both on my passport, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> um, I think that so Charlie made some some good some good points. There's a couple I agree, a couple I disagree with. Essentially, I think that the problem you have with I don't think Ghana think about Nigeria as much as it may it may seem. I think the problem is, yeah, Nigeria is a massive a massive country and self-proclaimed um, giant of Africa. What that actually means, you know, nobody knows, essentially, because you can't go by population and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Ghana, I think Ghana in itself believe there's some form of a hege- hegemonic state. Um, mm-hmm. Do they behave like one? No. But I think the belief comes from the fact of where we started, Right. And we've always spoken about Kwame Nkrumah and, you know, um, him running around Africa, helping everyone get independence and being Superman, essentially. Right. Yeah. That is within the Ghanaian psyche in a sense of, okay, we we essentially helped everybody else. This is the first stop where black people come is Ghana. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So. The country in itself and the politicians. Rely on what was as opposed to what is now Nigeria will always be there and in a sense Nigeria has always been a space that is often enough inward looking when it comes to their affairs and they can mm-hmm. afford to do that essentially mm-hmm. and Ghana has taken on the role well followed on from the role that Kwame Nkrumah left in regards to building those relationships um, on the continent and globally essentially and which has waned over the past I, I'd actually say over the past four or five years sorry excuse me four or five years or so um, we haven't got a set foreign policy um, we are a non-aligned country whatever that mm-hmm. means because everybody is aligned essentially right um, but we haven't got a foreign, um, a foreign policy in regards to what it is we would like to achieve so I agree with you there in this world where do we want to sit um population isn't a population isn't a thing when it comes to pow- how powerful your nation is essentially no. we can use israel as an example here mm. <laughs> nigeria can't go to war with israel with all the numbers that nigeria have they can't that's because of how israel have built themselves up financially and um their military wise so num- mm. numbers alone doesn't make you a powerful nation essentially um 
I'm still rattled by this whole thing. So, you know, composing myself is, is, is finding it difficult to do so because it just... What's, what's, what's rattling you, though? Is it, it, is it this idea that Ghana genuinely have... Uh, could be perceived to have um, acted in aggression to Nigeria, no. which we haven't had in our lifetime? Is that the idea no, that's rattling you? No, because we've, we've... If you want to say Ghana has acted um, in aggression, essentially... Diplomatically, we've never done so apart from the expulsions, and they did. They did too. That's the only time that's ever occurred. When it comes to mm-hmm. the citizenry, it it often happens between the two nations anyway. So that's mm-hmm. a given. Mm-hmm. It's more to do with the fact that we've shown our asses on a on a global scale now, right? Like you said earlier in submission, that this is um, every failure that has happened in Ghana. Well, that is happening in Ghana has now shown itself in this one situation because it should never have happened, right? Mm. And it goes to show again that you haven't got a clue what you're about, mm. what you're trying to do. Like, where, where are we going here? Because this is actually, it's as much as, you know, it can be sensationalised, right? It's a, minor, it's a minor issue that can actually get sorted out pretty quickly. Mm. It's, not, yeah. it's, it's a big deal, but it's really not. It can be dealt with, but what you're what you're gonna see is Nigeria in itself will try to put their foot down. Ghana, I'm not too sure what the response will be because again, we don't really have much of a foreign policy in regards to where we stand. Um, my my guess is that we may just apologize. And yeah, I think they did. I think they apologize. even admitted it might be in contravention yeah. to the. the thing is it isn't it isn't though right because it's not ghana as a nation that attacked or you know we we didn't (sighs) sorry i'm just bothered i'm just bothered i'm just really bothered because this is the thing do you know know the hardest thing right the thing is like sorry just just to interrupt you for a second i get your struggle right because normally like let's say declarations of war need to be done by someone who has the authority to do so right the the president or the minister of foreign affairs need to kind of effectively aggress towards another state in order for it to be an aggression right so i get where you're kind of like it's not ghana but it kind of is it's a chief it's not you it's not it's not just like any tom dick and harry you know flies off from british airways and starts having a go at the Nigerian High Commission. This is somebody who is revered in our society, technically. Yeah, but that's, it, it, but then, society. but that depends on that depends on the reverence we have given the chief. Essentially, no. Mm. If we, because let's let's face it, how many chiefs are there? Plenty. Did we <laughs> spoke the other day regarding um, somebody calling themselves the Queen Mother, right? And obviously, mm. it's not the same because we do know that there is um there is a um, Garstall, there is a chieftaincy there, essentially, but they don't have any diplomatic power here. But like I said, initially, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the fact that this lies at the door of the presidency in Ghana and, and mm. the, uh, the various ministries and how they function. And I, I think that we have to take a stern look at ourselves because, again, this goes from the fact that we're looking at security, we're looking at land issues that have been there forever, we're looking at how um, chiefs are allowed to basically just do as they please. We're looking at xenophobia, which is not only a Ghanaian issue, and 
um, not only a, a South African issue, it's an African issue because Africans in themselves, right, as much as we want to say one love and Pan-Africanism, we don't know each other like that. We're not that cool yeah. with each other, you know? Yeah. We might have yeah. met a few people from a few countries and be like, yeah, they're cool. Um, their music's nice, etc. But we don't know each other. That's the facts. We really don't. Mm. We really don't. And there isn't enough of a collaboration amongst governments and institutions to bring us closer together socially. Forget yeah. economically, because it doesn't work if there's no social, there's no social that's cohesion. Right. So this after that, this that's going on is a load of nonsense. Unless no, it is because yeah. <clears throat> you want me to trade, you want to have open borders, but we don't know each other. We don't like each other. How does that make mm-hmm. sense? Nigeria, what was it just before the new year closed their borders? To everybody mm-hmm. after signing the mm-hmm. after. <laughs> yep. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a wider issue of how Africans relate to each other yeah. and themselves. Mm-hmm. You understand? Um mm-hmm. and Ghana being this state that says we are the black star, we are the gateway, etc., and not being able to provide a safe haven for our hosts is ridiculous and also not being able to educate our population into understanding the fact that we are brothers and sisters everywhere essentially and like charlie said earlier you don't have that same vim for chinese you don't have the same vim for americans Mm -hmm. but we all have the same vim for our brothers and sisters that's ridiculous it's it's we really need to... Akufado really needs to look at himself. The other day, I said that where he says... President Akufado to you. And to, <laughs> and to you, his uncle. He needs to have a look at himself. Um, Charlie mentioned about um, the year of return and beyond the return and um, it being a haven for the diaspora. It's funny because he's, I said this before, he's only ever told everyone else outside. Mm. He's never told the people back home what this actually means. Yeah. How this, how this benefits them, how it could invade their space or anything like that. Yeah. You understand? He spent, he spent a lot of time speaking to the diaspora and not speaking Mm. to the population at home. And because of that, we sit in a situation like this. Because if your president is talking about everybody come home, in his head, he means every black person, right? Yeah. Everyone back home might just think that just means African Americans. Mm. You feel me? Like it's it's yeah. It's, <laughs> and again, it goes it goes on through what we were talking about before that you can throw all these puns all these statements or do all this pr there's no substance because you don't back what you're saying yeah you don't back what you're saying and it's 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 an absolute fast he's undone and i say he because he's the head of the government he's the first gentleman of the land this one this one issue has undone a lot of your work if not all yeah. because it's absolutely ridiculous and speaking of the Nigerian shops that were closed down 
my understanding of it is, and I can I condemn it because I think it's down to a legal matter here. Even mm-hmm. though I believe the people that are conducting these <laughs> these acts are not looking at the law essentially, but it's down mm-hmm. to the fact that Ghana has a law where foreigners can't participate in certain areas of that we have certain sectors and it would seem as if there are a lot of nigerians in there however just like shani said before it's not only nigerians that are participating in Mm. in these sectors of our economy so if you're going to have the energy for them have the energy for everyone as well right yeah and and truth be told truth be told you you're correct they are technically acting illegally um because of that law that protects certain Mm. parts of our economy for Ghanaians only right yeah but one thing that annoyed me is, you know, that the the the, the, fir- the first story that came out of, or the first one I read of this bulldozing, they said that these armed men had arrived on a commission land and the police decided to exchange numbers with these guys and then let them go, right? Mm. No one knew whether the story they gave was actually correct. There was no verifying of their story. They were just let go. We just took it to be true. The same way with these shops that are being closed, there is no official task force. There's no actual representative of the state. There are Ghanaians getting up, doing what they like, the same way they have been getting up, doing what they like with so many other aspects of our of our existence in Ghana. You know, and this is this is where we're showing our ass continuously. Yeah. Because we're not even guarding our laws with police, like, or anyone who's officially meant to do that. You know, that is a big problem. Like, that, that in itself is a massive problem. Well, the got, state doesn't exist in Ghana. That goes, that goes on to the wider issue, though, isn't it? Policing in itself. Hmm. Security being inept, essentially. I think that you get that's great. that's another topic, and we we touched on it with the you know <laughs> events, how are at events and whatnot. Mm. But it goes and it goes it, it goes hand in hand with where we are as a state that citizenry not only feel they can take justice into their own hands, they actively and regularly do so, and we've seen mm-hmm. the killing of Major Mahama. To think mm-hmm. that, to think that, to think, and I mean, this is a discussion again from another time, for another time. Yeah. To think that a citizen, right, mm-hmm. could they they because it was a group of them have the vim to mm-hmm. hack and murder a soldier on yeah. duty in yeah. country defending the land of the nation, right? Yes shows exactly where we are as a country lawless yeah absolutely lawless now again don't get me wrong and i'll I'll try and keep back onto the issue i believe that because it's a land issue there are various things at play here and you know with the chiefs essentially if they are found to be right in the fact that you know the land was theirs, etc. On any normal day, that's how they would behave, which is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a foreign power you should never have been involved in, involved with in the first place. It should have just been reported. Uh, at the same time, if it is also found that the, the chiefs are correct, 
I do believe that the Nigerian High Commission also needs to issue an apology too. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the fact that one, the report, the reporting has been crazy, essentially, mm -hmm. and has been, mm -hmm. I believe, a bit of dramatics with the yeah, and that's due to politics, and I also think it's due to it's due to it's due to media. And even if you just see the different types of media, social media and <laughs> normal media, you've seen a lot of Nigerians basically saying, this is where we've come to. Where mm. if we're in South Africa, this is how they treat us. If we're this, if we're that, if we're in this country. So it's essentially, okay, we need to show a little bit of power here. Mm. Right. So they may go a bit OTT in regards to the response. So if it is found that there is an issue here, I, I actually think both both nations should issue, issue an apology to each other and clear, clear, yeah, and yeah, speak on the issue. But Ghana should really take this as a time to really, really look very hard at themselves, um, because you cannot be talking about Pan African, not be talking about development. You cannot be talking about Ghana being the home of black people if you yeah. treat each other the same way. Look at you have to take this, you have to take this current situation to really figure out what politics actually means because this basically has shown what our politics means to us. Absolutely nothing yeah. is. We've spoken about it before. Mm. They NDC MPP forget the fact that we're good. This is a global world. Mm. The stupid politics you're doing at home, right, is reflective. And will be shown yeah worldwide worldwide so this stupidness that they're doing needs to stop mm. because it's ridiculous because we're sitting here right now having to discuss why some idiot somewhere decided to <clears throat> bulldoze a building that had nothing to do with him or her <laughs> right mm. and that the gov Ghana government is possibly implicit complicit in that mm. and then you've got the opposition that are using it for their cheap politics yeah when this is beyond both of them this is national interest here yeah, yeah exactly. exactly what do we actually want as a nation what do we want <laughs> This is the, this is the biggest question, isn't it? Because you know when we're saying Ghana Beyond Aid and everything, right? But we're not like you said. The, when we invited everybody to return for a whole year, when we're saying Ghana Beyond Aid, we're not taking no more charity, but we'll take the charity that we do take when we do take it, whatever that is. We're not having internal conversations with the population. So we can't actually know what we want because it's being determined by roughly a hundred men in a population of 27 million people. There, there aren't any real discussions amongst the populace about where Ghana really should be going, which is why no one subscribes to all the agendas anyway, because there's no sense of ownership. You're right. That's, that's, a, that's the biggest... And like I say this because... If we decide that we want to, if we decide that we no longer want this kind of drama all the time over land, let's just decide we're going to do something about land, like here's the way forward type situation. We could entrust all the land 
as you would expect anyway to the state right yeah and every chief would be required from let's say today or tomorrow to um, register the land that they do have right now slash the land that they deem to have had ever like that is under their area right and then all transactions are um, are kind of done through a state apparatus and not in this secret negotiations with chiefs right and so if a chief wants to sell land, he registers the fact that he is selling that land. And someone wants to buy, they register the fact that they are buying that land. I think right? they're supposed to do that anyway, though. I wish they were supposed to. Th- you'd think that, that was the case. But right now, honestly, trust me, yeah. I've got parcels of land where a madness is happening on every single one of them. Yeah. Types of madnesses. Yeah. It's, it's... But do you, know what's, do you know what's actually interesting? Sorry, do you know what's interesting? A lot of these land issues always happen in Accra. Yeah. They always happen in Accra. Yeah, you get there. It's not the same behavior in in other places. I don't have these problems in Quo. No, in why, Accra, why, why you, you have, mate. Some people are selling the same land multiple times, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's mm. greediness, of course. But how they get away with it, I don't know. But it just seems to be Accra seems. Well, it's a city, so I guess they have the most valuable land, right? Currently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it just seems to be that the behaviours of the people selling the land in Accra just seems to be very different to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't say why. I don't, I'm not sure why. I'm sure some other. I'm sure if we speak to people in Ghana, they have their own opinions. But this issue is a continuous one in Accra, to the point mm-hmm. where people tell you, "Don't bother trying to buy land in Accra." Yeah. Because the minute you, the minute you buy that land and you put a wall around it, then you'll know who the true owners are or who the problem, yeah. who you're going to have a problem with. Yeah. But by that time, you lost your money. You've lost all your money. Lost your money. And you're paying again, and you're paying for paying again, and, and, and you, you're never sure, even after that, that you have actually paid the right people. Yeah. And you you can register even with lands, and you never know. Like, I land. have heard yeah. of situations where we're registering. The rule of law. If your leader, your leaders don't obey the rule of law, this issue isn't a Nano Kufuado issue. Mm. It's not a Muhammad issue. This is every president, you know, every government we've had. This yeah. is the issue that they've never addressed. None of them address the real issues that affect the country. Yeah. Everybody pays lip service and does stupid vanity, vanity projects. Yeah. But the real issues that can see us move forward, they don't touch. Because none of them are brave enough to say, do you know what? Forget the elections. I'm here for four years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to push through and force whatever needs to happen to move this country forward. I'm going to do it, even if it means I'm going to lose the election. The thing is... Even if it means I'm going to piss people off. The the deputy speaker of Ghana's parliament came to a future of Ghana event. I don't know if you you remember. um, And then... Someone asked him about land and he said they don't want to tell the chiefs what to do with land. They don't want to get involved in that discussion. It's the one thing I think that any diasporan Ghanaian is pissed off about. It's the one thing that African-Americans are wary about when when they're talking about investing, right? It is probably the biggest barrier to entry for a lot of people is just what is our land situation saying, right? And they... The deputy speaker actually said they do not want to 
do anything about it. Weak. Right? Those were his words. I, I, I wish I could be lying and saying that, you know, they weren't his words. They, they were his, his words. That is the position. And it, what worries me is it is not difficult for us to solve. And you could still find a solution whereby the chiefs are ceremonial, like properly ceremonial, not doing any of this transactional stuff, trying to earn revenue off of land. And yet the government could, with a, with a proper system that flows well, the government could keep them earning some revenue or whatever the situation is, just from royalties that is formalised, right? Not that you build a wall, they come and take, and they say Kusun or whatever situation, and then you build a house and they come and take again, and then you build a shed and then they come and take again. Like, that can't, that cannot continue anymore, right? Yeah, no, it's true. But then, uh, I don't know, I was, and that's what I was saying at the beginning, for example, I was just saying, perhaps, why don't we have... Uh, Perhaps why don't we have a regulatory or independent uh, independent committee that will be able to regulate everything that's happening, especially we when have, it comes to land? You have land commission. You have people that are No, I think somebody that can supersede land commission because no, clearly... Then, no, but then you'll keep having bodies that are superseding, superseding, superseding. You're there to do a job. They're not doing it. You're there to do a job as civil servants, right? It's the government's job to make sure this occurs. It's actually everybody's job to be to, to make sure the work is done. What did he what did um um president say? I don't want you to be spectators, be citizens, right? And people have been talking about the same thing for a very long time, but clearly you're not hearing. Now today now today you've seen what this problem has caused. Because you've been sitting in parliament beforehand all these years you've been fighting for presidency this um beforehand you've now got the presidency sort the problem out exactly. do something about it True. your legacy shouldn't be oh i managed to bring um 200,000 black americans to come over and see um elmina castle as mm -hmm. nice as that was that's one year that is one year yeah and it's not investment <laughs> it's not it's not investment do the job do the job I'm pissed with them do you know how embarrassing this is <laughs> this is embarrassing this is something you would hear of in 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 a war-torn nation where they've attacked um <laughs> um an opposition or an what's it I can't even get my cut my tree's gone my English gone everything's gone yeah. like, they've taken everything they, they've, everything's gone Look, it's embarrassing we're not in North Korea. It's not Iraq. It works over there. It does. Because this is absolute, it's absolute madness. Mm. Really. Really, 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 really. Like, no, 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 no. But then... Um, it's, 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 it's... These, these, these chiefs, these politicians, they, they really need to sort themselves out. They need mm. to sort themselves out. But then how and who will start it? Because that's the question we need to The start people. Asking. We, the people. Look, I remember, I remember we bought land. Give me a second, guys. I'll be back in a sec. No, no worries. worries. Cool. We bought land in Accra and started walling the land. This guy's just come out of nowhere. I don't know him. He's come over with a load of goons, guns, knives, everything, right? Mm -hmm. Told us to stop working. 
okay, who are you? Why? What? How? But he, for him, he had authority to do that. He's not a police officer. What random He's not... person came over to say, stop, stop. Yeah. Why? This, this land belongs to so-and-so. Meanwhile, we believe we bought the land. Did he have papers? Well, of course we have the papers. Did no, he have papers? He have no, he didn't have any papers in his hand. But this is what I'm saying. People can go around doing this nonsense. Wait, Seriously. Seriously, okay. are you gonna are you gonna ask the guy with a gun in his hand, right? And I have oh, okay, no, no, no. You probably didn't hear the part. These are this this is the Lang Langard issue. So if you don't pay them, they won't leave. But then I'll call the police and ask them to get probably. You'll call which police? Room. Because though though these same police will come and say, "Oh, just pay them their small money," and also add add some for my transport. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now like, when, like, yeah, when like, Western, like, don't get twisted. Uh, in the yeah, West, yeah, our, yeah. our, the police and emergency services, well, there's a load of issues with them anyway, especially the police, and we've seen that. Um, and some of us experienced it. <clears throat> but if anybody ever thinks that being in Africa changes the fact that, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be black in a black country and, the rule of law will will be on my side. No, you're going to deal with a whole different set of issues. A whole different set of issues. Sure. But I think, that, I don't know, I always say that because I remember that my mom used to, used to tell me all the time, I bought, I bought some land in a place called, you start with her, somewhere in Accra, I'm in the suburb of Accra, I'd love to give it to you so you can go and check you whenever you go. But she said, oh my God, you need to stop putting you need to start putting a fence because, of course, uh, afterwards it's going to be a bit. Uh, it might be people might be coming. Uh, some somebody might give it to the chiefs and whatnot. And I said, no, there's no way. I've bought, for, I've bought it. So as soon as I've got contracts and deeds, who cares? But then she said, apparently, so many people have even died of broken heart or whatever you want to call it because they were told yeah, stress. I mean. She's 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 gone. She's fully gone in. But we call it stress. Fair enough. It's not broken heart. It's stress. But I would definitely be heartbroken to be honest, because I cannot invest all of the money that I have used to be. I don't know when I might have lived in China to come and build, and all of a sudden, a chief tells me, "Oh, you don't really own it. So it's ours." And uh, yeah, and by the same token, I would say that probably I don't fully understand it, but. The more I hear you guys talking, I seem to understand that. Yeah, the problems are a lot for how much we can romanticize our beloved land. There are so many paradoxes because really and truly, I cannot fathom the fact that I cannot call the police. I cannot call a lawyer to come and help me if a crazy gunman comes over to to attack. This is Africa. This is uh, everything. Is, uh, even just in the world, everything is for sale. The only difference is the the prices may be a little bit cheaper. Clearly. But yeah. So anyway, so we will be back. With, uh, we will soon be back. So we're just going to take a very short break, and we will be back, continuing discussing the. Nigeria Mission Gate, as I would call it, or we call it the case of the Nigeria Mission House in Ghana. So, yes, we will be back with all our co panelists and speak soon.
discussion because like you and Papasi were talking about before there are so many things that it's important not just to uncover but to also analyze in reference to past the present to really explore more possibilities for the future and uh, you you guys always said it and you said it before I think that when it comes to this to Ghana Nigeria our brotherhood and whatnot it's important to really look at what went awfully bad and what was also good so i i just wanted to and especially please do let us know what was also very good because of course we are especially in the diaspora sometimes i see thread on twitter and then i'm thinking oh no diaspora wars because we don't really care but then some people take it seriously and i'm thinking why are we still inheriting what it should have been gone after our parents Mm-hmm. I mean, Sir Nigel, for example, yeah. What's good? I think there's a, there's so much good. Oh, um, take our music, but I think for me, essentially, um, if we just look at where we currently stand with what's happening in the world, um, with with black people, essentially, that's been going on for decades and centuries. I've always been of the mindset that in order for the black man or woman or child, essentially, to have the respect globally, there are two nations that have to work. And those two nations are Ghana and Nigeria, in my opinion, based off one, a political stance where Ghana's come from, essentially, and two, the might of Nigeria in regards to numbers as well, and the personality traits of both. Um, for these two nations, if they actually worked and worked together, you would see a difference in how black people are treated globally, how the continent is perceived, and that continent itself would rise. Um, this is an opportunity, I guess, like I always keep saying, where, the, where, there's, where there are issues, there's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for both of these countries to take a look at themselves, because we shouldn't be arguing with each other, that's for sure. Um, especially over a piece of land. (laughs) We should be collaborating more than any other um, nation on the continent in making things happen, such is our close relationship that we have. I mean, Mm. regardless of what's occurred now or um, what's happened in the past, we're still going to be each other's neighbours. We're still going to be... We still have to have a relationship with each other. You know, there are a number, a, a high number of Nigerians that live in, live in Ghana and love it there, you know. Equally, there are a number of Ghanaians that live in Nigeria and even in our communities in the diaspora, we live side by side with each other and we work together, you know. And it's a shame that our governments have made our nations the way they are to the point that we're going to argue or squabble over such something so small essentially it doesn't send it doesn't send a good tone or message mm-hmm. out to everyone else outside because let's face it there are only a few countries in sub-saharan africa that have 
the pulling power, right? Mm-hmm. And those two nations, the two nations are Ghana and Nigeria, and then you add South Africa to an extent, and probably Kenya as well, right? Um, amongst the English-speaking diaspora, and even if you even if you still add um, the French-speaking nations, you may probably only add Congolese. Congolese and maybe Cote d'Ivoire, maybe in regards to strength for black people. Yeah. But most people look to Ghana and Nigeria. Mm. We're the first people to speak outside of the continent, on the continent. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the most prominent characters, essentially. So we really need to find a way to, one, develop our nations, one, two, develop the relationship um, and lead accordingly. Oh, we speak about hegemonic states. <laughs> They're not going to fight over something like this. You know, hegemonic states mm. actually have something to to show mm. for their status. You know, and that isn't just population. That mm. isn't just oh, we we got independence before everybody else. Essentially, you know, there there's, there's substance behind being a leader, which neither mm. nation have. So, yeah. yes, this particular issue is gone, but let's let's talk about the real <laughs> the, the real issues is that both nations are failed. They failed. They have failed because this wouldn't have never happened if you if your nation, mm-hmm. your citizenry were prosperous, if you were if your laws worked. You know? Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be an accusation at the Nigerian authorities mm-hmm. that no, actually, it was being fronted by a businessman who wanted to steal land. No. It wouldn't have happened. So let's, let, let them both take, let them both really look at each other and be like, you know, how can we really start to develop properly? Because for me, the fate of black people is reliant mainly on these two nations. Really, because where does everyone else go? Where, where do we go? Yeah. So I have a Ghana and Nigeria. You know, so... Fix up, yeah. <laughs> fix up. You know, politicians really need to. I feel like there should be, I don't know, an exam or something. They need to. There needs to be. You need need you need that politics isn't what <laughs> what these people are doing. You know, and that's why the other day when we we're talking about um, people going into yeah. politics and becoming MPs and whatnot, for me, essentially. You need to have something to show in regards to what you've been doing on on the ground. You need to have some form of understanding because you're not just, you are not just a normal person in a sense of your actions speak for the nation. And then when an MPP MP went to the States, Mm -hmm. I think this was in Kufour time, Mm -hmm. and he was was found with with what, cocaine, right? Okay, he's an MP right mm. you are representing the nation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that doesn't bode well for us that doesn't bode well for us yeah how do we stop all of that we need to educate our people so we stop we stop yeah. electing bozos yes we have to because this is what you get you get what you vote for yeah, was it, was it, it a technical, technical term. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Bozo civil society. I went to Bozo's, man. 
I'm not. I'm really not in the mood for, for, <laughs> for pleasantries <laughs> or to articulate myself in any other way. Just this is just pure, you know. Just because it, it it's, it's you know it's it's these are the people <laughs> that are representing us. These are the people that are embarrassing us daily. But then they need to. Some people need to speak up. Then we all yeah. need to speak up. Ish, if we are, if we are, if we are people that say we care about Ghana. If we are people that say we care about Nigeria, mm-hmm. if we are people that say we care about Africa and the wider black community at large, yeah. then it's everybody's everybody's job to speak up. And because we are the ones that are getting embarrassed, you know, we are the ones that are going to have to take all of this. Like if you, even if you ask, like I know this is the Ghana Paradox podcast, but you know what? This could mm-hmm. literally be the African Paradox podcast because it's the same thing over over the continent, sure. right? If you ask a Nigerian, maybe not all, but if you ask a Nigerian how they feel when they have to travel with their Nigerian passport, yeah, what the customs do to them, how they treat them when they're going for a visa, mm. it's not pleasant. When mm. I remember a friend and uh, myself and a friend and I were crossing the border into mm. Uganda, right? And it's visa free. And he, it was visa free and he also had a visa. Yeah. <laughs> and he was using his Nigeria passport. We were stopped mm. on the border for an hour and a half. Mm. Why? He, they really wanted to dig deep his into, why are you coming to the country? Why? And so we're coming for tourism. Now, I was fine because I, I was using my Ghanaian passport. But they specifically stopped him because he had a Nigerian passport. The represent the yeah. the reputation of Nigerians yeah. is spoiled by a few. <sighs> Same way, and let's not sit here as Ghanaians and think, oh, but it's because they're Nigerians. My mm-hmm. friend, when people see Africans, they see Africans. It's really that simple. They may turn around and say, Oh, oh, I like Ghanaians, they're cool. Mate, my me being cool at the expense of my neighbor in the sense of how you see my neighbor mm. isn't that's not a compliment that's all that's not a compliment that's almost like saying you're the good black yeah yeah so yeah but yeah for me i'm 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 done i'm done i just think these people need to really fix up and really some of them need to go back to school and understand what politics is about international relations is about um they really do and we've lost this i think a lot of nations have lost this where we had true diplomats yeah we had true politicians that knew how to do things they understood they understood Mm. the game and they were also extremely passionate about their country and their continent. Now we have people that just pay for positions. They don't even know mm-hmm. what that portfolio entails. You know, we, we spoke today about the passport issue that, um, you know, Ghana have now um, lowered the price and increased the years and whatnot. And I think, and I think I said something about I'm not even too sure why even at this point anybody has to line up mm. for a visa <laughs> when there's technology. Why are we not doing e-visas? Why do we not have an ECOS um, visa for everybody? Yeah. Why don't we have that? So you claim that's what I'm saying in the sense of both Ghana and Nigeria claim to be these powerful nations, right? Yeah. But you got somebody else to 
have a um <laughs> a visa to allow everyone to en- enter the west coast like why you can't so when i'm saying when what what makes a powerful yeah. nation yeah it's not your size it's not your money it's your influence and both nations don't have any please no not neither one of those countries are mm-hmm. sitting at the un security council permanent members none of them yeah let's get that right it's not happening that's not yeah, that's that, like imagine like that, none of them are the there goal. you know <laughs> nobody is nobody is um let's say when a, yeah. when a, a nigerian goes yeah. missing in somewhere abroad no one's no one's scared that okay and the nigerian high commission is going to send send the army and everyone to try and <laughs> try and find this person no one ain't no one ain't no one ain't scared no one don't care no one don't care so if we want to sit here and talk them. about exactly. and fight each other over some stupid piece of land right it shows that we're really at the bottom barrel we're at the we're in the gutter we are in the gutter yeah so, People that want to fight about jollof wars and all this nonsense, mm. yeah. Do we even have electricity to be cooking jollof, or music, mm. or whatever it is, etc.? <laughs> it doesn't like it's if one person's winning, that, that that that's not enough. Yeah, that's not enough. You want to be able to look back and say, "Right, you come from you come from this place. You're from this yeah. people." Yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the one good thing that might come out of this, actually, that, you know, they've teased the Kofuado with, like, you know, Nana Showboy and things like that, right? Let's not pretend the guy does care about his image and the image of his government that carries his name, right, in the world. So I guess, you know, it takes it takes moments like this that perhaps makes him bring the team back into the room and go, okay, what do we need to do now to make sure this doesn't happen again? And what what else do we need to do? Like what other things were damaged by this event that we need to repair? I think potentially, right? Obviously, there's gonna be distractions of just trying to win this election, but at the same time. You I can imagine he's going to look at this and go, them that. we're becoming yeah, a contradiction yeah. to say what like I feel like it, I feel like it, it It becomes kind of difficult for Yofi Grant to do his job, right? If you've got, if you're trying to court Dubai yeah. and mm. the Nigerians are very well in there, not just their 419 guys, their actual businessmen are very well in the Middle East and then you know, perhaps they could be the conduit to you getting more foreign direct investment from the Middle East, right? In order for you to do that, you have to have good relationships with, with Nigerians to, to make that happen then, right? But I think eventually when we're looking at it, they, I think I think potentially this, this will be one of those moments that actually we look at and go, actually, do we have time for the same old, same old arguments? No, we don't. Um, are we going to change certain things so that we don't tell people to come back and buy land and then they feel insecure. We're not going to tell people that we want all Africans in our country, but not tell all of our country that we want all Africans to visit. You know, all of those things, I think, no, potentially, 
could ch- I, I feel like I'm sounding very idealistic, <laughs> but potentially right now from this, it could change. True. Because let's think about it. If yeah, it didn't matter to Ghanaians, yeah, it wouldn't have been Speaking news. of the news as well, though, they, they're very complicit, yeah. complicit in news. the xenophobia um, that goes on in Ghana with how they report issues um, concerning crimes and whatnot. Um, I remember the times where these, you know, when the kidnappings were going on and and the things were happening, they kept specifically saying this mm-hmm. nation, that nation, right? And I kept saying, you know, crime, crime don't really have a nationality, you know? Like, crime is crime, regardless. How about you focus on fixing up your your, poli- mm-hmm. your um, security agencies? Yeah. yeah. Then you won't even have to have a problem like this. Why don't you focus on that? It's always this. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. The, the country's become so, yeah. everything is politics. And not the politics that solve situations. The politics that's just always blaming. Yeah. Passing the buck. There's an issue. Mm-hmm. Fix it. Simple as that. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. But you know why as well? Because it wasn't, yeah. there are certain things that aren't really touching the upper echelons of society. They're not yeah. really Definitely. feeling the effects. This is at the top. Exactly. That is them. This is their issue. And so they have to now speak to it. And so all the things that were being suffered or or, or um, engineered at the bottom level of society, it was like, oh, yeah, you know how those people are. Now, this is you. You have to speak to it. You have to explain. And let's be honest, anyone who's ever been a token oh, in Canary Wharf offices will tell you nobody wants to be explaining black behaviour for other black people. They don't want to do it. Right? So they would sooner change... I really do think they would sooner change the way things work. And we also have to understand, like, a solution to this particular problem will have to be found because it is the duty of the hosting state to give the visiting state land, right? But they are the ones who are meant to negotiate the situation for them. Um, that means that Ecuador has to get involved, or at least the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs has to get involved. That That is very much on her agenda now. She has to do it. And so to stop herself from, from herself from having trouble in the future, I'd like to think that she's going to put some things... Um, in place that means that Ghana's going to start yeah, behaving. Yeah, we putting bettings like down on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm being so. I'm being so real. Like it's. I was trying I struggle to believe my words. See, Let me believe it. I don't buy hope. I. 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 I do you know? It's, um, it's results orientated. Aww. I think everyone, everyone that's employed you, you in this world, results. you get judged by your results. <laughs> it's really that it's that simple. Um, and like I've said before, we've meddled between two parties that have proven mm. over and over and over again to not really have an agenda the past four years. You know, and mm. true. True. Well, they did have the ban from the US for visas or for the MPs and everything. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. I think, I mean, of course I do agree. However, uh, whoever that knows me knows me that I I try to be as optimistic as I can. I'm an optimist at heart. 
However, like uh, hypocrisy said, sometimes I have some issue with the media because they do not help, at least be objective, be, uh, again, be analytical because, yeah, it doesn't help because I was literally listening to some of the reports that they were providing yesterday and the language, language was, was so incendiary, was so cool. Sensational. And sensational. And they're bored. They don't have anything else to do. And it's fine to report nothing... back. You yeah, are exciting because literally, and Charlene, yeah, I there's said nothing else to report. On. It's a slow day. Times. Every day is a slow day. However, sometimes it seems that some of our cousins on the other side, and I'm not even talking about the diaspora, I mean, the one living over in Nigeria seems to be, some literally seemed ready to for, just for war. be. Yeah. They were literally ready to say, oh, okay, this has happened. We knew all along. Let's ready. Let's yeah, go. But and I was thinking, wait, what? It's just, but a lot of it is, is, is boredom. A lot of it of is course. a lot of it is ignorance, and a lot of it is also mm. uh, how do I put it, just that distrust as well. You know um, that it, the minute the minute somebody st- steps on your shoe, you're ready to yeah. fight because you believe that person always had an intention to cause you some harm. They didn't like you. You're just doing it, yeah. and it's that on both sides essentially. Um, and that's why, yeah. again, like you said, you could say the media, but this is on government to you know, deal with these flames, essentially. They both have to deal with this with tact because this can seriously blow up when it doesn't have to. You can see, you can easily see reprisal attacks happening in in Nigeria. Like they did that with the South Africans when when the reporting was there were murders and killings when again social media played a part in that when not Mm -hmm. everything that was being reported was actually true and it wasn't even from south africa in the first place they burnt down stores and everything right you need you need government to really come out and speak about this and they need to they need to hold a joint press conference over these type of things that's very small they need to they need to they they need to whether it's going yeah. to be the foreign minister the foreign yeah, ministers is, or the presidency the themselves. Well. I doubt we'll be able to pull Buari out of wherever he is. Um, although he should, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, we'll I'm sure he, because that know, guy he, is. As I good, mean, he is in Nigeria. I mean, he couldn't go anywhere. All the borders are closed. So he couldn't. He couldn't have been doing any um, travel and tourism at this moment. Maybe in time. this vacation. Stay. Nigeria domestic hotspot. We know. What from Abuja? Not Kena, maybe Kena. Fair enough. So, so maybe we won't be able to get Nanado and them to do it. But the 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 foreign ministries most definitely need to speak on this in a joint statement. Yeah. Together, um, enforcing the relationship that we have with each other, and to also go about educating each other as well, both populations on our histories. You know, this is a this is a time to maybe force this reconciliation that has never happened. Because mm. we have to look at each other. Yeah. We get to we get to understand the similarities, oh, <laughs> but it's almost like you're screaming into two camps that don't want to believe what you're saying to them. Right? You're just like, why exactly are we beefing? Like, and I, I can pick any side at any given time, right? And I, I can I can enjoy the banter of it, but at the same time, I'm like, what? It, there are too many families that are actually crossed between yeah. Nigeria and Ghana. It doesn't actually make any sense anymore for us to continue 
this um this false rivalry which if anything was probably most likely created from um colonialism we've got to decide to decolonize our minds really um and then (laughs) at least people like me will have less stress about picking a side during a football match um, that's so, so who are you now? That's my system. My system is to support one team one time and then switch the next time. Um, do you know what? Uh, I've even forgotten. Oh, no, that's not good. When was the last time we played each other? Okay. Makes, makes I sense. Think I'm, I think I'm back to Nigeria, sense. actually, to be honest. No, yeah. The black sauce. Anyway, we're going to talk about well, the black sauce. Exactly. <laughs> but not today. Not today. And <laughs> eventually, yeah. black stars. I'll talk about them when they start winning something. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, like, like I said, an ending for <laughs> me in closing shouldn't have happened ever. It should, it should never even got into that point. But again, it it just shows the wider failings of mm. the state and the Ghanaian uh, citizenry. And how we haven't, you know, developed essentially um, from a social perspective into why we can allow um, lawless acts to not only happen amongst each other, but to also take that to the level of <laughs> other states is 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 crazy. It's it's shown the level of impunity there is in the nation, and I hope that the institutions involved, the relevant institutions and government. Um, take this as a serious serious issue and take every step to solve it um and beyond solving it to start speaking about the elephants in the room and addressing it on both sides um because we're not going to be doing this thing again we're not we're not going to have another generation of Ghanaians and Nigerians and again I'll speak to wider Africans where there's this constant underlining beef um, this underlining issue of competition that isn't really that healthy um, and we start to understand and get to know each other for, pros- for our prosperous nations and a prosperous Africa as a whole yeah no, definitely agree. And, uh, any last words well. from you, Charlene? First of all, um, it's just that when I get, when I kind of don't know what to say, I say everything that's on my mind at one time, whereas <laughs> PK is like uh, speechless and then actually comes back to say exactly what needs to be said. So that's been enjoyable for today. Um, really and truly, we cannot lose sight of what is happening for the black the black community around the world we can't lose sight of it right now we have a the momentum is building to change the destiny and fate of black people in the world and i would hope that everybody even in africa where they think they don't feel it directly um will kind of just stay on topic because right now is our chance to change the biggest problem that we face, which is the inequality between nations um, and between races. So um, this thing here, it will be dealt with. Like we've said across this podcast, it's not the biggest of deals. 
it isn't actually war um but definitely everyone needs to take a look at themselves Ghana definitely needs to fix up because of where they've pushed their their position to for the black community around the world um and if you're going to make such grand promises we have to be ready to live up to them like we just have to be ready and that that means that the government needs to start talking more to their own people about where we as a whole nation want to get to um and if we can if we can kind of focus on that and focus on the position that we claim we want to be in at this moment in time when the black community is doing what it's doing globally that is the kind of thing that will spark momentum that is the kind of thing that will will kind of give the legs to the to the movement in america and in europe um that we're seeing already um and so yeah it's it's a weird one but it's a distraction if anything like like christians like to say the devil is a liar it's not something we need to focus on we just need to um recognize that it exposed some of our weaknesses and we can work on them and that is what's going to make us better prepared mm, yeah, to fight, to fight what and, need to be. Uh, thanks to the both of you we will continue of course to monitor any when you need him? i was about to you know what i was about to say that i was about to say Uncle Kofi would have uh, stepped in, bring his calm demeanor and his strategic mm. thinking and solve all of this. So let the Kofi, mm. let the Kofi Annans continue to rise. And uh, yeah, we we know and we hope that this, of course, things are going to get better, that this is going to be resolved. And like uh, Pakwasi said, it's extremely important to have this. This is the time to show cooperation out of this crisis bring out the opportunity to cooperate to foster i mean isn't gonna the uh hasn't gonna being chosen as the secretariat of the Af- afta afta i oh, know there's, there's too many <laughs> yeah i don't know how we say afta. yeah afcfta exactly and uh so it's only right that there's more regional integration there's more overall cooperation so definitely we keep our fingers crossed and like you both said it's time to re-educate ourselves even as diaspora and do better and even as Ghanaians in Ghana from the higher session to the not so higher session but thanks a lot Charlene thanks a lot Parkwesi for your time on another podcast on the Ghana Paradox podcast and on to the next one and in the words of Osa Jefa for whatever Osa Jefa <laughs> oh, imagine how do I say come on tell us tell us Oh, you guys are really haters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to you know hold what? it. Such a fool. Let's be forward. Thanks, guys. Stuck in traffic at the heat delay. Big man get the motorcade. Big Benz and the Escalade. Hustle just the Escalade. But March 6, we go celebrate. Every year be the same cock and book. Propaganda, you did push, no, they poop. He did paint, people tired for this matter. Every day for teeth, man, one day for massa. If you need fear, mean to me if you move. I'm gonna say, ah, you need a yeti move. I should me, 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 I should
wanna tell you, tell you, tell you. Another story, story.